was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from its slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the monster match Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower Presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group And now, here are your hosts Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. That music coming in, of course, is from yesterday. Uh, we have already done our Halloween show, but that was music uh, just kind of left over from last night from a wonderful trick-or-treat that we had. Uh, I guess, you know, neighborhoods were packed, rain uh, moved through over the weekend, so a wonderful rain-free night uh, to have the trick-or-treaters. So great, great time uh, on Monday night. And Matt, uh, that makes today... November 1st, which is All Saints Day. All Saints Day, which uh, you and I are Saints fans. So yes, we are. Every day in the fall is All Saints Day for me and you. We well, every about. Sunday is All Saints Day. Well, sometimes Monday nights. Um, right, exactly. And so, especially when we just put an absolute beat down on the uh, Las Vegas uh, Raiders 24 to nothing. That is correct. The Saints uh, rarely win nowadays. So the fact that we had a shutout 24 nothing win over the weekend, we will uh, take it as Saints fans. Derek, uh, as you mentioned, our, our opening music was Monster Mash. Coming off of Halloween, uh, we had our Halloween show last Friday. Actually, something we mentioned on our last Friday show, since we mentioned it, has happened. It, 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 it unfortunately yeah. happened. So a it DeSoto happened. County resident, uh, arguably the most famous one, you know, still living, uh, musician-wise. Uh, well, musician-wise. Right. Jerry Lee Lewis, for most people that uh, Under the Water Tower know, he passed away since our last show. You and I heard he'd passed away on Thursday, and that was not true. But definitely over this weekend, it was confirmed that he did pass away uh, at his home in Nesbitt. Everybody knows where that is on Malone Road. Yeah, the killer passed away, I believe, 86? 87. 87 years 87 old. Years uh, Jerry Lee Lewis had a uh, quite the up-and-down and definitely storied career. I mean, obviously one of the most famous um, Memphis musicians coming out of the 50s. I'm from Louisiana. You're from Natchez. I think he grew up not far from where you grew From Faraday, Louisiana. Right, exactly. Faraday, Louisiana. But, man, just uh, – Got married uh, in Hernando in the 50s. Which we discussed. At the time was the marriage capital of the world to his 13-year-old cousin. That, that happened in Hernando at the courthouse. What a hot mess that was. Yes. That was not a very good decision. <laughs> Well, it, it happened uh, in Hernando. He was still with us on Thursday as we hit record. And then by the time things happened all, you know, over the weekend. Um, but Jerry Lee Lewis is going to be our indie music. I mean, what, man? You talk about a piano play in Son oh, of a Gun. Tremendous. Uh, I mean, I love watching all those old clips of him just, I mean, on the piano, like jumping on top of it, still being able to play it. Unbelievable. He was unbelievable, man. He really was. So, But, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with the uh, friends and family of Jerry Lee Lewis, a DeSoto County legend, passing away over the weekend. I mean, just, uh, I think, over 20 number one hits. And Derek, one thing I noticed last night, dozens, if not hundreds, maybe even thousands of people coming through multiple neighborhoods in Hernando, Lakes of Cedar Grove, Notting Hill, a bunch of different neighborhoods got had a ton of trick-or-treaters last night. And if you're looking to possibly move into one of those neighborhoods or get out of one of those neighborhoods because there's too many trick-or-treaters <laughs> and maybe you want to move to somewhere a little bit more secluded and uh, be a Scrooge on uh, Halloween, please consider contacting someone who can help you with that. Of course, I speak about the number one real estate team in DeSoto County. They are our two 2022 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Possessing over 66 years of combined real estate experience, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group are the top producing team in DeSoto County. They were also recently voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth 
time. They're full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They're ranked as a top team in Mississippi and also ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them your address, Brian and Terry, and their team can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses are staying on the market on your street, Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that you want from a realtor in 2022. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Put in all the different filters, number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, school zones, all those things that you're looking for when it comes to your dream home in DeSoto County. And let Brian and Terry's website site. Do all the work. Give them a call today. 662-449-1700. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to support the UTW podcast. And we always want to remind our listeners, every home needs a couch. Derek, as we sit down on this Halloween Monday to record our show uh, here at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios, as I mentioned to you, the phone was ringing off the hook. I got a call about 20 minutes ago from Northwest Mississippi Community College needing vans for a soccer tournament. We booked two vans for Thanksgiving week. We booked three vans for summer blowing and going here at mobile cars and vans thank you so much for all your local support we really appreciate it mobile cars and vans located the corner of mccracken and commerce here in hernando cars trucks vans if you're traveling for thanksgiving if you're traveling for christmas if you started to look at martin luther king weekend plans or started to look at spring break plans please give us a call. Do not wait till the very end. We'd love to take care of you and your family as you travel this Thanksgiving or Christmas season. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Thank you, Mobile Cars and Vans. Derek, this show is going to start the same way it has started for the last two weeks and the upcoming two weeks. We're going to remind everyone about the vote, the penny for the park sales tax referendum coming up November 8th, a huge vote in the city of Hernando. We will be sitting down this coming Friday with Jared Barkley, the parks director. Um, He's coming up uh, not quite at a year from being hired as the parks director, but we're going to discuss what a penny for the park uh, referendum passing on November 8th may look like for the parks department. Jared comes from Oxford. Jared comes from a very successful parks program in Oxford who has a sales tax referendum. Oxford, Mississippi does. is one of those local communities within an hour radius. Uh, they have that type of uh, sales tax referendum. So we want to talk to him about that. And we're going to sit down with him on our Friday show. So tune in for that. That's right, Matt. I'm really looking forward to hearing Jared. I mean, uh, he's uh, done a good job in about the 11 months that he's been here and uh, really kind of pushing it forward. We've seen a lot of changes. You know, we've seen the, the uh, asphalt being put down at the soccer fields. We, we know that they have plans uh, at the ball fields. Uh, and, you know, there's other things that they really want to do. And so this is a huge, huge move forward. Uh, I, I received a flyer in my mail this weekend. We did too, yes. Uh, asking for, you know, basically the Coin for Kids kind of flyer. It's, it's 1%. It is, a, it is a penny on a dollar. You know, it is 10 cents on a $10. It's, it's something you do not, you know, recognize when you go to South Haven, if you go to Sanatopia, if you go to Oxford, if you go to the, any of the other 62 cities that are on that list. Uh, when you go there, when you eat there, this is not, you do not take it and say, hey, look, can you take this penny off for every dollar I spent right here? That, that does not happen. You do not notice it. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, every time we eat, and we being the citizens of Fernando, in South Haven, we are paying and helping Snowden Grove. All we're saying is we want the same opportunity for us to either fund our own parks and or if somebody were in South Haven or Olive Branch or Horn Lake or any or Walls or anybody else coming down to court 
eating at anywhere on the square or close to the square, guess what? They'll be funding our parks. And so that's all we're asking this to be able to do. So anyway, uh, it's next Tuesday's vote. So a week from you listening to this show, we'll be asking you to get out and vote. And until the meantime, Jared Barkley on our show Friday. Derek, the people I've talked to over the last couple of weeks, I've talked to numerous, uh, well, both men and women, and we've discussed, uh, they've asked me point blank about the penny for the park, and it seems to have a lot of good momentum. Mm -hmm. seems to have a lot of young people, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, with kids in the parks department, whether their kids are going to be able to, uh, you know, enjoy that or not, they seem to be looking forward and saying, you know what, I'll gladly pay an extra penny when it comes to my meal out or my prepared food to uh, to help grow uh, Hernando and start pushing Hernando's parks in a major infrastructure upload. Correct. And that's the way, that's the thing. Don't forget, this is not going for salaries. It's not going nope. for anything but major infrastructure improvements. This is how you get a better ball field. This is how you get a better tennis court. This is how you get a better pickleball court or any of those type things. This is the direction that it goes. And look, I want people to understand, um, you might be able to tell through some of the different stuff that Derek and I discuss, Derek and I are about as conservative tax-wise as you're, anybody you're going to find. Yes. Anybody you're going to find. Income tax. I mean, trust me, Derek and I know all about the tax code and all those different things. I understand the word tax and how you read and view and think about that. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity for you. I can't stroke a check. I cannot stroke a check for a massive ballpark. I can't stroke a check for an improvement, you know, tens or hundreds or millions of dollars for an improvement in my community. But if I've got to pay an extra penny when I go to eat a taco or I go to buy something at KFC, which I know Derek does not frequent, um, <laughs> those mashed potatoes, you know, that type stuff. If I'm going to pay an extra penny for that, this is a way for me to contribute to that. I will say this, as long as Derek and I are a part of and producing the UTW podcast, we will pay attention to what our board is doing, pay attention to where that money's going. You have our word from that on that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That's, if this passes and they have that, of course, we need to make sure and hold them accountable for how the money is spent. And, that, and we should do it. Uh, not only as a podcast, but as citizens, as individuals, right. as should everybody else in this town. But the thing is, is that if, if they do a great job, kudos to them. You keep electing them. That's who you like. If they don't do a good job, at least the system is in place. Right. Then you can re you, know, you can remove them and then make sure that they replace them with somebody that may be able to get that done. But uh, it's it just, yeah, taxes, you know, always seems like a bad word. But also, without taxes, we do not have police. We do not have fire. We do not have, you know, uh, roads. We do not have sewer. We don't have – there's many, many things that taxes pay for. And, you know, we can have the discussion. Do you want to have a lot – you know, we need a lot more commercial. We need a lot more industrial to be able to pay those taxes. Those are the things that really allow a city to have a good cash flow, to be able to fund maybe parks – Without a possible tax increase of any kind, the problem is if we do that, that's wonderful. Then you know I think that the you know I, the board is always trying to do that. The Chamber of Commerce is always trying to do that. But where you put them, you know, there was somebody looking to put an industry in Hernando off of Getwell Road, and you know the board because of you know their own thoughts maybe or listening to citizens did not think it was a good location. That could have already been done. Could have already been sold. Could have already been in the process. You know, starting to look at that time clock ticking on when we're going to get these industrial taxes. So that and I don't, you know, people live up there. That was their, you know, thing. The board's decision. I'm not going to say whether it was a good or bad decision. But the problem is, is that it, you know, in order to get those type of things, you, you're sacrificing land. Uh, maybe you don't want something moving next to you. And to try to offset some of that, then yeah, this could help pay for parks. The city of Hernando did have a uh, slight surplus this year. They rolled it in, but they're also trying to build up what we talk about, Matt, a six-month reserve, right? A good, healthy cities 
have a six-month reserve, that's a couple million dollars for the city of Hernando. They're trying to get to 800000 after the end of this year. That's what they're trying to get to $800,000 in the rainy day fund or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we should have over $2 million. That's going to take two or three years to do. Until such time, we should not be using the $800,000 to try to do a small portion of a $10 million park. It doesn't make any sense. Right. This is a good way to do a bond, to do it, you know, forethought, go ahead. And, and we're doing, as you said, very, very incrementally, very slowly, where we don't even notice it. And the next thing we know, we have a $10 million park. I'm all for it. That's going to be our Penny for the Park uh, segment uh, that we've, we've talked about doing for the last two weeks and definitely for uh, through November 8th as well. Uh, we will be um, you know preaching that here from the UTW podcast, and we appreciate getting out and voting on November 8th. Well, Derek, let's go ahead and kick off our show. Words from the weekend. We always kick it off on our Tuesday the same way. Words from the weekend. This weekend for you is what? My word from this past weekend is resolve. Resolve, and guess if you want to look up Webster, settle or find a solution to. And what the few things that were resolved or that you know that we were handled with resolve over the weekend. The first was the Brewfest on Friday night. Uh, the Rotary did an absolutely uh, had an absolutely great turnout for that event. Uh, 200-ish. Uh, we won't know for sure. Have not been able to count the number of tickets that were turned in. But around 200 people came out uh, to the courtyard. Had three breweries there. The brewers were absolutely just, I mean, ecstatic about the turnout. The, the intimate setting that was had and uh the the distributors were there actually helping to explain the beers uh, at the main bar now they couldn't they couldn't actually hand them out as against the, the law for them to hand it out they were just discussing what the uh rotarians were actually serving and did a great job with that they were very enthusiastic matt we're gonna you know that they said look if y'all do this again next year we're looking at probably getting eight breweries down here depending oh, wow. on what weekend you know make sure that we cannot compete with the two big memphis festivals but as long as we don't do that maybe this fourth weekend again in october get them back down here but and if we're talking five to eight breweries that I mean we're talking about closing down panola street uh maybe putting them out there so it could be a much bigger deal but thank you to everybody that sh- that came out and you know but it was a really a lot of hard work that was resolved or that you know the, the rotarian shoulder resolve putting that on so thank you to the rotarians thank you to the community uh and again, we don't have a number yet we uh, our treasurer <laughs> was out of town uh, but we will have that uh, information hopefully either Wednesday or, or within the next Wednesday or next week or so. We'll know exactly what was made on that. So that was the first part. Next one, though, was Saturday night. Went to a wedding. An absolute monsoon. Everybody, uh, Friday night, we got the rain that we needed for the first time in probably three months. Unfortunately, there was a family that was getting married uh, in Tunica uh, in a downpour. I mean, it was in a tent outside. The wedding party had to walk in the rain. In the, I mean, when it was literally coming down, probably like an inch an hour type rain, at the time it hit at 5 o'clock, awful conditions. Just the worst nightmare for a wedding is to be pouring rain in an outdoor wedding. But you know, the faces of the, of the, the father of the bride, the mother of the bride, absolutely smiling. No tears. No, they were not upset at all. The bride showed no negative emotion at all. I mean, she was, got married in basically high-top tennis shoes. Because it was so much rain, the first thing I thought of was, "Oh my God, they're going to be, you know, just wrecked. They're going to be a disaster." I mean, if this is the worst thing that I feel so sorry for these people. But by looking at them, they thought, "Hey, look, it's a wedding. Stuff happens. My daughter's getting married. We love her." And you know, just the resolve that they showed, being able to get through that with just a positive outlook. You know, everybody they were talking to, everybody's like, "I'm so sorry this happened." Everybody's like, "Look, it happens. We're having a great time. We want y'all to have a great time." And I know that's not what I would have been thinking if I would have put out that kind of money uh, for a wonderful wedding, but that is the, the resolve that they showed. So, I mean, I was in admiration for how calm and collective and how happy they were even in you know situations like that. So, And then finally, on Sunday, 
Uh, we had a wonderful trunk or treat, which I know that you're going to talk about too. And just the resolve, when you say trunk or treat, you think, okay, maybe five or 10 trunks. I mean, we know the city had it. And I think the city only had like 10 for the entire city to come out to theirs on October 15th. And in, and in no way am I trying to bash what the city did. But Matt, we probably had 20 plus cars out there mm-hmm. for our trunk or treat. And so there's the result. Really good costumes, really good trunks. Oh man, it was, it was awesome. It was I mean, great. just That's really, Amanda really. Methodist Church. Yeah, it yeah. decorated it up. And so the resolve that those people showed to come out and really put their heart and thought, and there's yeah, so sure. much thought into these trunks was wonderful. So again, my word from the weekend was resolved. You know, basically something on all three days of the weekend, I saw it. Well, I saw, uh, I talked to one, a couple, probably in their mid-30s, and the wife was very honest. They live on a hill. They live pretty far off the road, so it's an opportunity for them to have trick-or-treaters. Oh, okay. Opportunity for yeah. them to put some uh, some stuff forth, and, and boy, did they. They, they decorated their car, and they both uh, wore costumes and stuff, so that's one way to kind of think of it right, like, right, you know, that's their trick-or-treaters. That's their Halloween. So, um, very neat uh, thing there at Hernando Methodist Church. I know the Baptist Church had one right at the same time, so... Uh, that's kind of goes into my word from the weekend, which is very simple. The word community, Derek. We could almost do this every weekend in the city of Fernando because we have something going on every weekend that is very community-based. Great job by the Rotary. I know how involved you are with that, but just to, to raise money for local scholarship and also raise money for wells clear across the world that make uh, you know the, the lives of people that you'll never meet uh, better. And just a wonderful job. Like you said, almost 200 people in a very quaint setting. Um, again, wonderful party. If you did not come this year, please consider coming next year. As Derek mentioned, potential growth opportunities there, but just, I mean, it was just great. The weather was good. So many people came out. Uh, I like the time of it. Six to nine to me yeah. is perfect. I, I like the time of it. So the wonderful community event there. I know the farmer's market on Saturday finished with a bang, had a wonderful farmer's market on Saturday morning. Again, another community-based thing. We just talked uh, moments ago about parks and about uh, an opportunity to do something for a community that's only going to get better and more uh, community focused. And then Derek finished our community with what you just mentioned. We had a great trunk or treat at our church. I saw dozens and dozens of people I did not know. So they too. Right. So they did not go to our church, which that's what it's all about, is for us to welcome them onto our church campus. And the community showed up and showed out uh, for the trunk or treat. A great job by you on the uh, the cake walk, which again, let's just uh, say that it's a cake walk. Don't just stand uh, there. Uh, we're going to change that up next year, Derek. I'm going to help you make some bigger blocks. Uh, uh, we're, we're they have go. no choice. They have to walk. Yeah, we, we may, we may, yeah. They have to Three walk. Three foot squares. They got to walk. By God, just. <laughs> Move. Just just, just keep moving as long as the music's going. But to me, that just shows what our kids don't see. They don't play musical chairs. No. Ever. I'm, in a tr- I'm part of a, youth, a church youth group of 70, 80, 90 kids. We've never done musical chairs, which is so fun. It seems like almost every other pep rally when I was growing up, we were doing musical chairs where a principal yeah, yeah, was, they, was going against a kid for yeah. musical chairs and all that kind of stuff. But kids just don't know those little kind of carnival games anymore when it comes to that. But anyway, community is my word from the weekend. Great job, the city of Fernando, coming out to the trunk or treat um, at Hernando Methodist Church. And uh, just a wonderful community-based weekend. And like I said, we could almost say that for every weekend in this awesome town we have called Hernando. But Derek, that does not come easy. And that uh, involves a little bit of politics, involves a little bit of meeting and planning. And as you listen to our show on November 1st, Derek, tonight is the first Alderman meeting for the city of Fernando in the month of November. Tell us all about it. I'm going to say this is going to be a short one. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. I saw the, uh, I saw the agenda, yes. Uh, this is very short. There are about two or three things I want to talk on the agenda. Two of them are the consent agenda. You know, We usually don't touch on these, but there's a couple of the last two. The first, Mayor Chip Johnson will be a voting delegate for the National League of Cities in 2022 City Summit held 
in Kansas City, Missouri. So he's going to get to represent as a voting delegate of the National League of Cities. That's pretty cool that our, our mayor uh, is going to be a voting delegate for that. The other thing that was kind of interesting on the consent agenda is what the, what the city is going to do for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So listen up. Uh, they will be closed on the Friday, on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And then they're also going to be closed the Friday before Christmas. So they're declaring Friday, November 25th and Friday, December 23rd as further observances of Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, respectively. That goes along to what the state also did. The governor made a proclamation on October 10th that did the same thing for all state agencies. So well, again, Friday after Thanksgiving makes total sense. But again, that's saying uh, Christmas this year is on Sunday, Sunday. So they're saying the 26th, they'll be back open for business. That's so that's right. why it's good to let the public know, hey, we're closed on Friday, but we're back open for business on yeah, Monday so, the 26th. So the two Fridays, so the 25th Correct. and the 23rd, they are closed, but we'll be open both Monday mornings afterwards. The really the only thing, there was two things uh, in the agenda itself. The first, the discussion of keeping the name of the playground and street at the Civic Center ball fields the same after upgrading and reconstruction. This is something that may end up being tabled. Um, I've talked to uh, an alderman, and you know, and he said, "Yeah, I'll probably may have to try to table this because why are we going to talk about it when we don't own it?" <laughs> well, you know, and Makes total he sense. not sure how this got on here. We'll see how it goes. There may be a tabling of this. The other one is the something that was tabled, actually tabled from the last meeting, the Robinson and Highway 51 C4 rezoning request. This is the how the houses. I believe there's two houses on this lot or or the combined lots right there at the corner of 51 and Robertson, the northwest corner, right there at that intersection. So they're looking to take it to C4 rezoning. Of course, there are two residences on there at this time. I believe it's two houses make a perfect uh, rectangle. So if you want to look at that on the GIS or anything like that, they're looking to take it to a Z4 C4 rezoning. That, Matt, really is the only thing of discussion. If they yeah. table the other thing, that's the only thing of discussion tonight. So, again, I'm going to say over under 12 minutes. Yeah, over under 12 right. minutes on this. And then they will go to executive session uh, to talk about parks personnel and police personnel. Again, we will not be, you know, we will not hear about that afterwards because that is done, um, you know, with just the aldermen themselves, but it is on the agenda. They can list out what they will talk about. Interesting to think what that might be on that northwest corner. Those two homes that are there now, trying to change it to commercial. Is that going to be a gas station type goal or something? Or are they well, trying you to know, do C4 some, some has, you know, stuff? if it is zoned, this is, they're not, I don't right. know. We'll see tonight if they're going to come with actual requests for this is what we want to build. But they don't have to. If it is rezoned C4, then they can put anything right. in the C4 zoning in that as long as they're not asking for any types of variances. Okay. So we'll see if it passes and, and if there's any kind of discussion uh, of what could possibly go there, we will let you know on Friday. Derek, I'm going to go on record as starting a rumor. This is a total rumor. Medicinal marijuana or strip club. <laughs> <laughs> well, how will that go over right actually, there? Actually, luckily, right across well, as long the street, as, you keep the, as long as you keep the lights low in the parking lot, you might get a strip club there. <laughs> no. That's the big thing. Well, uh, That's I, how we, goofy we do the know this. We do know this. Right across the street, well, kind of catty corner across the street, is the Church of God in okay. Hernando. Yes. So that it will not meet the required uh, uh, distance okay. for the America marijuana. So it will not be a retail store. We right. know that. Uh, now, as for the strip club, I'm not sure what Church. the zoning is. Church of the devil. I, Church I, of the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, well, pay attention. We'll let you know on Friday. Absolutely. Alderman meeting, first Alderman meeting for the month of November. Pay attention on Friday. We'll update you that. Again, hopefully not a very long meeting. Um, you, you and I talk about it all the time, Derek, when we're talking about not a very long meeting. I guess that's a good thing because there's not a lot of bad stuff happening in the city of Hernando to discuss. I, I think it's a pretty good thing that we don't have very long meetings at this particular time. Well, for the first meeting of the month, I would say you're correct. Right. Now, the second meeting of the month, you could argue, well, we do want a longer meeting because we want a bunch of stuff coming through for plan. 
planning. Right, sure. Right. We want to see, you know, other rezoning things. We want to see, you know, things being built or built out. So you maybe the first one could be short every month, and then the, the second one, which is usually the planning meeting, we would want longer because we're actually discussing about new things coming in Hernando. So it, it kind of depends on either way. Gotcha. Well, thank you to the Board of Aldermen. Thank you to the mayor and everybody that has to be there on the first and third Tuesday to put on the city business. We really, really appreciate it. Speaking of city business, I want to take this opportunity to thank the Hernando Farmers Market for being a seasonal sponsor of ours for the last uh, six, seven months while they you know, went through their thing. Their last Farmers Market obviously was this past Saturday, so that is now over. So their ad time is going to be used talking about the November 12th weekend, the Dickens of a Christmas, the award-winning event that happens in the city of Fernando kicks off on Friday night with the lighting of the Christmas tree. Uh, there will be an ice rink that will be right off the square in the city of Fernando. So that's going to be something that's really neat. And then on November 12th, you're going to have carolers wandering the streets singing carols. You're going to have carriage rides throughout the city of Fernando. You're going to have a special Hernando Farmer's Market for that particular Saturday, November 12th. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on. Please educate yourself. Maybe download the Hernando City app that has come out in the last three weeks to where you can learn more about the Dickens of a Christmas. If you have family that maybe lives an hour or two away and maybe they like to shop or enjoy uh, this type of thing, get them to come in. Tell them to come in and visit. Maybe the weather will be uh, really cold. I don't know what it looks like weather-wise for November 12th, but I know for a fact it's something that well, men and women of all ages will enjoy. So please consider visiting the Dickens of a Christmas Saturday, November 12th, coming up for the city of Fernando. And I know one guy that's going to be out there maybe singing carols. I don't know what he's going to be doing, supporting the city at that particular time. Actually, hopefully he's in Starkville for the uh, Georgia. Uh, I'm Georgia. sure he will be in Starkville. <laughs> Could be for that. I kid, of course. I'm speaking about Mr. Bruce Robinson with Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance is located in South Haven, but ready to serve anyone in DeSoto County. When it comes to property, casualty, auto, home, and life insurance, Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance are ready to serve. Give them a call at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Working with some of the largest insurance companies in the world, Nationwide, Kemper, Liberty Mutual, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Cigna. Those are just some of the 60 insurance companies that trust Holland Insurance to represent them in DeSoto County. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Call them today, tell them your needs, give them your budget, and see what the team at Holland Insurance can do for you. Again, 662-895-5528, located in South Haven, but ready to work for anyone under the water tower. Thank you, Holland Insurance. Middle of our Tuesday show always leads us to the same place. The DeSoto County Fact of the Week given to us by the DeSoto County Museum located on Commerce Street across from Cadence Bank. Open 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. Again, that's 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. And the best part, admission is always free. If you're looking for a way to entertain your uh, you know, family, entertain somebody that's coming to town, entertain your uh, young person. I know they have a really good uh, exhibit now, Derek, when, when it comes to trains. If you're looking for something to do right here under the water tower from 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday, you can't beat the DeSoto County County Museum. Derek, give us this week's Fact of the Week. Today's Fact of the Week is not DeSoto County or really Hernando related, but it's, it's related to everybody, and that's the fact that today is All Saints Day. Of course, that is preceded by Halloween. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. The Celts, who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of the summer, 
and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter and the time of year that was often associated with human death for their culture. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it was believed that the ghost of the dead returned to the earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging the crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or Celtic priest to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the event, the Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. So, of course, this is kind of where Samhain sounds vaguely familiar with what we assume with Halloween, obviously taking it to much bigger extremes. Well, then, uh, as with a lot of that area, it was conquered by the Roman Empire. And in, during that 400 years of rule, they kind of took the, celebra- the Celtic celebration of Samhain and uh, added it to another of their festivals called Ferulia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. Another one that they combined it with was Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. Her, her uh, I guess, her festival, the symbol of Pomona is the apple. And the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. So again, so we have the the Celts started it, the Romans kind of took it, kind of molded it into their tradition, and then of course, once the Christianity became, you know, basically took over that entire area, so again, the another, uh, I guess, influx of religion this time that takes over the area, then takes what they have already put together over the last, you know, 2,000 years into uh, Christian, and they melded it to a Christian festival. So in 1609, Pope Boniface uh, dedicated a day in honor of all Christian martyrs, and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III then expanded that to include all saints as well as martyrs and moved the observance to the day of November 1st. So again, the original day of the beginning of the year for the Celtic culture. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into the Celtic lands where it gradually blended with and supplanted the older Celtic rites in, in 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd All Souls Day. So November 1st was All Saints Day. November 2nd became All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. It is widely believed that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic festival of Samhain uh, with a related church-sanctioned holiday. Now, All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in the costumes as saints, angels, and devils. Now, we know it. If you look at Mexico or some of the other Latin American countries, they have a huge celebration on All Souls Day, November 2nd. Uh, The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallow Mass. So M-A-S, kind of like Christmas, All Hallows, and the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain began to be called All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. Took over two, three thousand years to put all that together. That's how Halloween came to become. That's how we got All Saints Day, All Souls Day for this kind of three-day mini holiday, not really, uh, you know, something we you know, get taken off for, but something that, you know, different cultures celebrate all around the world. Now, the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because they were pretty much, you know, the Protestants uh, up there were <laughs> really pretty strict. It was much more common in the southern states uh, and with the coming of America. From Maryland south, they were much more common. You, you would, they would celebrate Halloween. 
they would have play parties. They would have uh, they would share stories of the dead. They would have tell fortunes. They would dance and sing. So again, similar to both the Roman and the Celtic cultures, colonial Halloween festivals also feature the kind of the uh, telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, so in the 1800s, autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was still not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. It wasn't until the late 19th century and the early 20th century, so again, just 1890s uh, through the early 1900s, America was flooded with new immigrants. The new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. So again, when you're looking at this and you say, where does Halloween come from? It has been there for 3,000 years in some form or fashion, and that is why today is All Saints Day, tomorrow is All Souls Day. So when you see the, when you see the sugar skulls, when you see the uh, when you see the, the huge uh, festivals in Mexico tomorrow, uh, when you see the you know, November, festivals, 2nd. November 2nd, November 2nd. Uh, and then when you, the festivals that we had last night on Halloween, all of that comes from something started, which was a basically a New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day festival from a, a tribe some 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Lots of process there. Lots of process. It's a longer there, one, but again, yeah, I mean, this the, is something that no, people may not know. Lots of process. I'll just, for me, what I think of when I think of Halloween, um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis. There you go. I'm going to keep it real simple. Okay, well, we know All Jamie the Lee. other stuff you said, Jamie Lee Curtis, 1978, 1978. and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, I would say on. maybe go. the 50s. Say we, we give, I'm not sure when the Peanut Butter Cups came. I'm going to say Ooh, 50s, know. 60s. They're good. Yeah, they're so good. They're good. The only they're thing good. better than a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, are you ready, is the Reese's Peanut Butter Egg. Okay. It's I'm the okay same thing. That. It's just shaped like an egg. Wow. I mean, they're just awesome. Okay. Probably. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or Reese's Pieces. Uh, cup okay cup by far yeah okay. no 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 i'm going reese's peanut butter cup it's one of my favorite candies it's um oh just a, i'm, I'm a sucker good. for it's it good. Like peanut butter and chocolate <laughs> well peanut good. butter and chocolate together can you imagine that day they figured that out that's an all saints day right there what that that's commercial like remember that is the commercials where like they're oh, there's awesome. an old commercial back maybe when you were young where they're like messing around and somebody knocks the hershey bar oh, like awesome. into the peanut butter and like taste it and like oh and that's oh. it yeah peanut butter and <laughs> yeah, milk chocolate and peanut butter is awesome look if you start giving me out dark dark chocolate i'm not coming by your house I'm not coming by your house. I'm, I'm skipping that. You should put a That's sign out. That's too healthy. Out. That's too healthy. I'm, I'm probably going to, yeah. I, I Put a sign out in front of somebody's house. These folks give out dark chocolate and see, they might as well just turn the light off. <laughs> turn the light off. Well, Derek, thanks for telling us the information there on Halloween came to be and what it is. Real quick, and I know we're recording the day of Halloween, so we don't know exactly. I'm not a big fan of the uh, please take one people. If you oh, don't, do not put a no, bowl out. Don't door. put a bowl out. You just deserve do what you get. No, you deserve what you the get. The first you, kid that goes there is just, it. well, I won't say that. The first kid may be the one who is honorable. Right, sure. And but it was like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good kid. I'm going to do this. It says that. And then the second kid that comes by is going to take the whole bowl, dump in his bag, and walk out. Look, I'm telling you, if you um, – that is a – that's say in 2022, that is a character-defining moment for a yes, kid. Yes, He walks up. Please, please take one, and they take one, and they just walk off. And then here comes the, the – And now everybody has the yeah. ring cameras. Yeah. So as soon as that happens, sure. it's posted like that. Oh, absolutely. Kid, you can either say, oh, I'm so proud of my kid, or, oh, my kid's a heathen. Right there. You can tell which kids are in in-school suspension. I'll just simply <laughs> say that. Thank you, Rob Long, for another wonderful Fact of the Week. We really appreciate that. Every Tuesday show consists of a Fact of the Week from the DeSoto County Museum, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday on Commerce Street in Hernando. Please consider going by and supporting the DeSoto County Museum. Well, I, I know, Derek, for a fact, what a lot of people did last night was uh, just kind of uh, walk through everybody's yards. And, and part of those yards right now on October 31st are definitely leaves everywhere. And if you're looking for help when it comes to your leaves in your gutters, your driveway, 
anything like that when it comes to cleaning your property in this leaf season, please consider contacting our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, fence repair, gate repair, grading of your property, reach out to Richard. Let him come out and take a look at the project. No project too small, no project too large. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. You can also find more information at williamslawnmaintenance.com. That's williamslawnmaintenance.com. Thank you, Richard, for continuing to support the UTW podcast. Hey, Matt, because last night was Halloween, I'm sure that some people are probably not going to start spilling in their teeth here the next week or two. And if you do, there's no better place than to go than DeSoto Family Dental Care to have a look at those teeth because they have been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662 662- Four two nine five two three nine. I know we always joke around about dentists, uh, you know, and when it comes to Halloween and, and candy and all that kind of stuff. Doctor Parole and Doctor Trotter always uh, pretty good costumes. So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, always really good with costumes and just good guys when it comes to family, when it comes to enjoying those type festivities. And uh, you know, Jason and Cindy get to relive uh, Halloween now through oh, their four year old. They're so excited. <laughs> they're so excited. <laughs> Nothing like being fifty and having to go chase a four year old. I'm sure they had a Woo. great time last night. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> they were definitely there for the uh, the cake walk. Cindy actually walked up and took one trip around the one cake walk around. and uh, won a cake. So yeah, um, she did. Yeah, there were kids that had gone around thousands of times and uh, had didn't win anything. So. Sorry, kids. That's how it works. That's how it works when it comes to random number drawings. No participation trophies in cakewalk. No participation trophies in cakewalks. And also, Derek, no participation trophies for what else we're about to speak on, and that's sports when it comes to the the under-the-water tower teams. Get us started when it comes to football. All right, so we'll start with what we always do up north, North Point versus Lausanne. Before the game started, the Trojans found out that this game would be for the district championship since St. George's and ECS had played on Thursday night, with ECS beating St. George's 10-7, guaranteeing North Point no worse than a second-place finish and a home playoff game and a shot at the district championship with a win. The Trojans seemed fired up about this fact and came out looking good in their pink jerseys for Breast Cancer Awareness Month and took the opening kickoff and scored on their opening drive, taking only a minute off the clock. However, the extra point was missed, and it was all downhill from there. Lausanne wakes up. It takes control of the rest of the game from there, winning 38-6. With the loss, North Point finishes the regular season 6-4 and four and comes in second in district. They will host the first round of the playoffs this Friday as they again host Davidson Academy at Trojan Field. The same Davidson Academy that beat the Trojans by 30 or early this year, but that was with starting quarterback Jack Patterson missing the game due to an injury. It would be a tough task for the Trojans, but all you can ask for is is a chance to redeem yourself. We will break down that game for you on our Friday show. Next, Lewisburg versus Olive Branch. The Patriots kept their 6A playoff hopes alive with Friday's victory over the Conquistadors 
of Olive Branch. Quarterback Gunnar Gilmore ran for two touchdowns and threw for another to help the Patriots to a 5-4 and four overall record and a 3-3 three and three in Region 1-6A. After Flip Saunders scored a 14-yard touchdown early in the first quarter, Coleman Dowell tied the game with a 13-yard scoring run with under eight minutes left in the first half. Lewisburg recovered a fumble on the ensuing kickoff, and Gilmore scored his first touchdown on a one-yard carry just a minute and a half later. Another short-yard run by Gilmore with 2.20 left in the third quarter gave Lewisburg a 21-7 lead, and the Patriots started to put the game away with Gilmore's 28-yard pass to Lukas Getschk for a touchdown with 3.29 left in the contest. Olive Branch did score again late, but an onside kick attempt failed to get the Keisters the ball back, and Lewisburg ran the clock out for the victory. Gunnar Gilmore threw for 205 yards, a touchdown, but he also, and also an interception. Dowell led all rushers on the night with 69 yards and a touchdown. The Patriots will now play DeSoto Central Thursday, with both teams sitting at 3-3 three three in the district. The winner automatically makes the playoffs, and the loser at 3-4 and four will have to wait on one or two other contests to see where they, where they fall out. And then finally, Hernando versus Center Hill. Hernando was looking to keep their playoff hopes alive and welcomed an up-and-down Center Hill team to the jungle for senior night. The game did not start off great for the Tigers, giving up a pick six in the first quarter. The Tigers were held scoreless in the first, but answered back with 327 left before halftime when Topher Jones punches it in. The extra point was no good. On the next Mustang possession, the Mustangs fumble, and Josh Humes recovers it and runs it in for a touchdown. They go for two and connect to give the Tigers a 14-7 lead at halftime. In the second half, Bertie Martin scores on a touchdown run to make it 21-7, but the Mustangs answer back to make it 21-14 before the end of the third quarter. The teams trade possessions, and then Center Hill ties it up with 426 remaining in the game, and it looked like the Tigers could end up losing another heartbreaker. But Jones hits Martin on a 70-yard touchdown pass, and the Tigers take the lead with 246 remaining. The Tigers force a fumble, then go three and out to give the ball back to the Mustangs with them needing to go about 70 yards with no timeouts to try and tie the game. The Tigers hold them on fourth down and get a huge win, 28-21. They improve their record to 5-5, five and 2-4 five, and four in district, and will face the other 2-4 and four team in Olive Branch this Friday. However, I've been told that even if Hernando wins, they lose out on the last playoff spot since either Lewisburg or D.C., will get one of the spots. Again, the winner of the D.C. Lewisburg game will get the at least the third spot, and the loser of that game would be tied with Hernando and Center Hill because we're going to assume Center Hill is going to lose to South Panola next week, and Hernando does not make it out of either of those three-game tiebreakers. Even if that is true, Hernando, the Tigers are still fighting to come in at least sixth or fifth in the region, tied for fifth in the region, and you want to beat your longtime county rival on their senior night. Good luck to the Tigers and all the teams we cover, and look forward to previewing and reviewing those games on our Friday show. Always look forward to doing that on our Friday show, wrapping up football for 2022. Uh, crazy, that's where we are. You know, yeah. <laughs> time flies. Yeah, that's time it. absolutely when flies. Football season starts. It's Christmas. Good luck to all those young people as they begin to wrap up their season. Um, I've been told the same thing that there's no way for Hernando to make the playoffs, so we're going to assume that if that changes. 
let us know. Send us an email under the water tower info at gmail.com if we are incorrect about that, because we certainly want to preview that on Friday and encourage those guys uh, as we do each and every Friday. Look, if you enjoy our show, we appreciate you tuning in with us on our November 1st show. Gosh, it's hard to believe it's already November 1st. Like you said, Derek, it'll be Thanksgiving. It'll be Christmas before you know it. Please consider sharing our show wherever you listen, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. There's going to be somewhere where you can share the link, share it with friends, family. Maybe if we say your um, you know, son or daughter or cousin or niece's uh, f- a name on the podcast, uh, share it with them. Let them know uh, that we gave them a bit of a shout out. So we really appreciate that. Also, wherever you listen to our show, give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcast. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They deep dive into Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill Athletics. So please look up and find OB Pod today. Derek, we've said it in the past, if you give us a five-star review and make a comment, uh, we're going to read it. And uh, you have one of those. What you got? Man, it's been a while since we had a five-star review. Actually, I won't say that. People may have been giving us five stars but not comment. However, we received a comment and a five-star review, so we definitely want to give this person a shout-out. Matt, the name of this person, Rebel Hound. Rebel Hound. We'll love some Rebel Hound. Okay. All right, Rebel Hound, I've been looking for this. Hernando is in a unique spot with Memphis being our neighbors and Mississippi our home. Culturally, we are different from both. Local stations are all about Memphis and shows dedicated to, quote, all of Mississippi seem to never report on us up here in the northern part of the state. So thankful to have a program dedicated to our town and county. So we want to thank you, Rebel <laughs> Hound, for that five-star review, and that is that is an awesome That's take. a great uh, five-star review, and uh, Rebel Hound, um, obviously uh, able to get on that soapbox. I mean, she's she or he is that type of person. Hey, I love it. Like, look, <laughs> anytime you go, that's what we're trying to do. That's why we started this thing uh, almost two and a half years ago is for that very, very exact reason. This person had not did not find us till probably recently, recently. and uh, maybe they just moved into the area. And so because of the fact that two and a half years ago that was our mission starting this, it is good to know that we're still carrying on that mission. Absolutely. I had probably seven to eight people uh, mention and talk to me uh, at the Rotary thing the other night about the podcast. So we appreciate everybody listening. Please share it with friends and family. Helps us continue to stay on the air. You know, it gives us a reason to get out and uh, push things like that. Talk about all meetings. Talk about the different topics going on right here under the water tower. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. I walk. Yes, indeed, I'm talking about you and me, and I hope you'll come back to me. I'm alone. I can be, and I'm waiting for your company, and I'm hoping that you'll come back to me. What you gonna do when the wheel runs dry? What you gonna do is run away and hide? I'm gonna run right by your side. If you pretty baby, how do you even die? Yes, indeed, I'm talking.